Hi, welcome to the Work Therapy Podcast, where the struggle is real, but the possibilities are endless. I am Brooke, your co-host and founder here at In Good Company, and we're delighted to have you. The Work Therapy Podcast is our little corner of the internet where we explore the modern work landscape and how do you navigate it. Today, we've got Kendall back who I have roped into being our consistent co-host as much as we can have her. So welcome back, Kendall. Hi, good to be back. Okay, so everybody that is new to listening to the show, maybe didn't listen to our, our first episode, if you can just share a little bit about what you do and where you spend most of your time. Yes, I, my husband is a cinematographer. Um, so he films commercials, music videos, all the things. Smokes really good meat. He's a very good cook. And uh, we have two children. I have a daughter and a son. Uh, My daughter is seven and my son is six. And then I have worked for the past 12 years for a very large global um, recruiting and staffing firm. And I am in the healthcare industry and recruiting and staffing. Never a dull moment, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Brooke, say a little bit about your family. Yeah, that's fun. Um, So Justin is, we've been married. I don't even know how long now. I stopped counting. Since 2008. Nine. What is that? 2009. So like a long time. (laughs) He is 10 years older than me and is probably, I, when people ask me about him, I say he's the most interesting, quirky person I have ever met and probably you will ever meet. And somehow I decided to marry him. He's very brilliant too. Very, very smart. Yeah. He's very, very smart. And funny. And funny. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm never bored. Sometimes I wish I was a little bit. The other day I was like, hey, (laughs) can you walk into a room without making noise? (laughs) Like he just can't be quiet. Um, So anyways, it's fun. Well, okay. Let's start with a quick check-in question. I want to know, Kendall, what has your attention this morning? Okay, there's one heavy and one light. The heavy thing is the conflict in Israel. It makes me very sad. Um, My heart's been heavy this weekend about that. My other thing that's had my attention are my two kids. My son is very into sports. And so that's been fun going to all of his sports games lately, his little flag football and soccer. And he takes it very seriously. So that's fun to see. And then my daughter, her little love for animals is cute. I don't know. Just being around my kids has my attention. What about you? What has your attention lately? The best. Uh, yeah, I would say navigating um, an, a nine-year-old boy, I call it with big energy at a really intense private school. So we we had our first uh, parent-teacher conference last oh, week. <laughs> we were called in for. And, you know, the good thing is, is academics are He's crushing it. The not so good news is he's kind of a distraction to everybody else in the room because he gets bored and needs to be wiggly. Yeah. I mean, totally. (laughs) So we're, uh, we're working on, um, how to just channel his energy in the right way. So that has, that has my attention. I did say, this is a really cool, we were on the elevator. I was with three boys. I keep thinking about what this guy said at the Baylor football game this weekend and, uh, we were, yeah. And going up to the suite and there was a, you know, one of the people that worked for Baylor and the boys were being loud. I said, yeah, you know, they're just keeping up, keeping up the hype. And he said, Hey, I don't know any compliant kids that changed the world. Let them keep going. 
And I was like, can you tell his school administrators that? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, that's so true. Like, I just I've just been thinking about education and what we expect of children and how we want them to be compliant, conform, be obedient. And of course, obedience and character and all those things are important. I just what has my attention is like, how do we how do we navigate the, you know, the kids that are just, I don't know, creative and vibrant in that in their own way. Um, so anyway, that's just something I've been thinking about. I feel you on that. I have also a very crazy son who has full energy and along with his friends. I also don't feel like they're it's fixable. Like I just I'm like Yeah. That exactly. There's no way to fix this. I don't think they're just like this. So yeah, the administrator was like, if you can let us know what you're doing at home. And again, his behavior is not even crazy. He's just like distracting and loud and, you know, he needs to like reel it in a little bit or channel it better. But, you know, I wanted to write her back and I didn't because that would have been reactive. And we'll talk about this more in the podcast, how to not just, you know, say what you want to say, we want to say it, but I was kind of thinking like, hey, yeah, I'll do things to help him. But I I just don't know how much this is going to change. You know, (laughs) like I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I want to keep it real here. So yeah, just interesting. I'm with you though. Okay. So today's topic is definitely a hot topic. Some people may be like, oh my gosh, I've heard so many people talk about this. The, The thing is though... It is something that companies, employees are still navigating on a day-to-day basis. And that is, drum roll please, remote work. Remote work. (laughs) Womp womp. So the listener question I'm going to read today says this. I'm very interested in remote, hybrid, in-person work challenges. I manage a staff of over 40 people through COVID and went through profound shifts from all in-person to remote to hybrid with staff all over the country. I'm very interested in how work has shifted, maybe forever, and how we approach things going forward. Great, great question, right? And it's something that a lot of people are are thinking about. So Kendall, I'd love for you to read a few stats that we found because they're going to kind of help us share why there's so many, you know, mixed signals about this. So go ahead. Okay. A study from the National Bureau of Economic Research found that workers who were randomly assigned to work from home full-time were 18% less productive than in-office employees, either taking longer to complete tasks or getting less done. And then a study from Stanford scientists at the Institute of Economic Policy Research found that fully remote work is associated with about 10% lower productivity than fully in-person work. Challenges with communicating remotely, barriers to mentoring, building culture, and issues with self-motivation appear to be factors. However, studies over the past few months show that productivity while working remotely from home is better than working in an office setting. On average, those who work from home spend 10 minutes less a day being unproductive, work one more day a week, and are 47% more productive. In a work week, those who work at home are more consistent, work more hours, and get more done. Yeah. Don't you love when there's so much competing research out there? Oh, yeah, exactly. But, you know, in 
my line of work in recruiting and staffing, and I see various different companies wrestling with this, I would say those competing statistics both make sense. What I have found is that some people work from home is a better option for them and they are more focused working from home. They don't have distractions. They don't have to spend time in the car. Commuting is a big thing. And so when workers can wake up in the morning, go in their room and start working, you are getting sometimes like two extra hours added to their day where they can be productive. Yeah. I mean, I had thinking about me, I'm a very, I've always been driven, like just, I like efficiency has always been a thing for me. Like, how can I maximize my time? Even before I had kids, I'd be like, why would I take a lunch break an hour and go to a Mexican restaurant? A, I'm going to feel horrible after with every, you know, if I eat a big heavy meal, like all my other coworkers and B, like, I just want to go in and work and go home, you know, or at least get an extra hour at either end of the day. So I would either do that or I would like literally change into running clothes and go run at lunch. (laughs) Yeah. I I get why people don't want to leave and commute because it's, it takes time. It takes time. And then what I also found is that people who have worked for their job for like, let's say the past 10 years or five years that know what they're doing, know how their company is run, have relationships established within their company, they may not need to go into the office with the FaceTime and the connection because they know how to get their job done from home. It's the newer employees that need training and development that that's where they need the camaraderie of the senior people to mentor and train and develop. It's probably very hard to be trained and develop at your house. (laughs) Yeah. So do you, do you think that hybrid is a good solve for, for this? I do think it is that way people can save their gas money, their toll money, (laughs) their time. They can do laundry. They can, you can multitask and work. I think so. Like there's times that you can step away for five minutes to Switch do out laundry. laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Where when you're working at the office, you step away for five minutes or maybe 10 and you're chit-chatting with your coworkers about the weekend, you know? So I do think hybrid, you can still be productive while getting the camaraderie and the training and develop you need when you're in the office. Cause I do believe connecting with your coworkers is very important to be back in the office. Yeah. I mean, one of the teams I work with I would say is fully remote and we do quarterly team days where everybody comes in for, we do two days, really a day and a half. And the first day is like, we do workshop training development, just fun, fun, you know, have lunch, whatever, everybody can go to dinner after. And the next day is just working in person. And that's been working really great. We actually though are finding like even four times a year is challenging for people that live really far away and it's expensive too. So it's an ongoing conversation, but well, I, is it, is it more expensive than spending money on real estate? Uh, no, that's a good point for sure. Probably not. Like some of these, uh, this is crazy. Like some of these, if you have a lot of employees, like rent can be like 30 grand a month. Oh, at least and some I of mean... these like huge, you know, so does it cost $30,000 to fly everyone? I don't know. Yeah. 
No, I think it's, I, I think it's, it's obviously, I wish we could solve it today, but I do think just things to think about. There are organizations say, you know, like with interior designers, I, I work with a good amount of um, those organ- companies and it is very challenging to do interior design remotely. Like it really is an in-person collaborative job. And I could see that. Yeah. And I have worked with, you know, done a little bit of work with one or two that do do remote. And I am telling you, (laughs) they're not as successful as a business because I just think that collaborative in-person element, it's all, you know, like you've got all your samples in the office. It's just different. And so design. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that there is a case for some people really needing to be in office and some I know like they'll do work from home on Friday. So I think that's great. Again, that's where the hybrid model is really powerful and successful of like, hey, we are in office, but just offering that like flexibility. I think sometimes where I see companies get so strict and I think it backfires on them is saying like, you have to be in here eight to four, or you have to be in here nine to five and take an hour lunch break when, you know, say, say a mom wanted to come in and work at 7.30 and go pick her kids up at 3.30. Like, why can't she do that? Like, why can't we work around some of those needs with scheduling? If And I really believe like if we can add some of that flexibility in there, people are going to be happier and more productive. When people feel like they are, you know, stuck or in a rigid environment, they're not going to be as productive, in my opinion. I could see that. One thing I do see is people want work from home as an excuse to be lazy. And I do find that like, if you get the privilege to work from home, you don't need to take advantage of it. You do have to be disciplined and get your work done. Yeah. And honestly, like some people just don't have the, this, the discipline or the structure to be able to work from home successfully. And you know, that's when an organization, if you're fully remote and you're hiring young people or lots of people at a time, I think that you've got to build in more transparency in your systems, like whether you Slack where you can see kind of everybody being on there or really daily stand-up meetings that are virtual, daily checkout meetings. Um, and that's not a micromanaging thing. It's really just it's transparency, right? It's just supporting people and being accountable. Structure is such a great way to hold people accountable in just having containers where people have to show up or say, this is what I've done this week. And so I do think it requires a lot more proactive communication and also really clear requests made and commitments made with deadlines, right? So here's the project. Here's have you, you know, having get making sure what someone's committed to a project and then also tracking is this done on time? If somebody's doing their job and their work, you're going to know. If they're not, you know, it it is one of those things where you you really just can't say, you know, hire someone that's young and say, "Yeah, we're going to do like two check-ins a week and, you know, here's your work and self-organize." I mean, Ideally, that would be awesome, but they're probably going to need a little more, like you were saying, more support training in the beginning. Yeah. And this brings us back to like, when we started to come back into the office, there were people on my team that, and and I got feedback too, that when people started to listen to my phone calls, like in a cubicle setting, or we started interacting more closely together, 
I was able to give my team more feedback to help them be better. Whereas I wondered if they were working remotely this whole time, like, would they have ever gotten that feedback to be better? It wasn't until I was like face to face with them that Mm. we could identify a problem more quickly. Yeah. And that's where it takes more work, honestly, from the organization to set up standards that do allow for consistent feedback and communication because it does not just... It's not going to happen as naturally and as frequently as it would if you're in person with someone. I know for me personally, I've stepped into a new role in the past year and I was more effective work from home, but now in this new role, because it has added more challenges, I need to be in the office to be more disciplined because I've, and I've even admitted this, they're like, (laughs) Kendall, you're in the office more. And I said, I need to be, to be focused. Like I need to be around my team so that when I'm like not engaged and I'm, you know, staring at my computer screen, not working, that I have coworkers looking at me like, you you need to start hustling. You know what I mean? Like I've, because my new role, I need more motivation and accountability. So for me, it's better that I'm in the office. So where, when I was in my old role, I was very disciplined working from home. So sometimes it's good for you to self-evaluate what you need to have a better work ethic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really is at the end of the day, like helping people learn how to self-evaluate and self-manage, right? Right. And then making sure that they are, I can't remember, I think George Bernard Shaw said that like the greatest weakness in communication is thinking that it it actually happened. (laughs) Oh gosh. Oh yeah. (laughs) You You said something, but you didn't really. Yeah. Yeah. Like you think you communicated, but you didn't. Right. You know, so it's really, it's making sure that you're going the extra mile and ensuring that there is clear expectations, clear commitments, um, and clear projects that everybody said, yeah, we're going to agree to work on this. And these are daily, weekly responsibilities that you know, this person's committed to doing remote and then checking in with them if those things aren't being done. Um, I always say, you know, I think it's correct to, to put structure in place and then lean towards trusting people. Like if you don't, if you're hiring people and you don't trust them, then I think you have a hiring problem. To be honest, like I, I typically don't advise people to hire people that they think they're going to need to micromanage. So um, it may take you longer to find that person, but I, you know, that's a whole nother conversation we'll save for a different day. Okay. So Kendall, what's the one tip that you would kind of share today? My tip, the first one is do an honest gut check. Do I want to work from home because I just want to not work as hard or will you actually work better working from home? Mm -hmm. And you need to put yourself in an environment where you're actually going to do your best work. And for some people doing their best work is working in the office. And the second is to understand for senior employees that we do need to be in the office to help train and develop new people. Sometimes that could be a sacrifice in your part, but being in the office face-to-face with employees for training development is very important. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I'll, I'll go from the organizational perspective, because that's usually how I'm thinking is, you know, as an organization, if you're really wanting to create some systems that are support hybrid or remote work, uh, you really need to build in transparency 
to your system. So that would be opt in to open Slack channels that everybody can see what's going on. It would be uh, having a knowledge management hub or resource hub that is really like your company's playbook and wiki so that people can easily retrieve information when they need it and making that accessible. And then also making sure that you are, you know, again, a transparent project management system so that people's projects, goals, and deadlines are all there to see with tasks and subtasks so that there's that natural accountability built into the system. That way you're not having to micromanage and everybody can see at any time what people are doing. To me, transparency is always going to be the number one way to bring accountability into the organization without micromanaging people. I would 100% agree. Amazing. So we hope that you all have been able to, you know, start to think about and implement conversations to have in your organization. One quick question, this just for fun, we're going to do at the end of every podcast, a book or podcast that you've read this month that you've enjoyed, and then a song that's keeping you going. Okay. So a book that I read, actually, I read it this summer, Demon Copperhead. It is so good. It's long. It's 400 pages. It was one of those books where I was sad when it ended and I still think about the characters in that book. You know how when you get emotionally attached to characters, you're like, oh, yes. these people. It was so good. And then the song that keeps me going, I've been listening to Maggie Rogers. Her whole album is very good. I'll put my favorite song in that album in the playlist. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Kendall, for coming. We can't wait till you're back. And to everyone, thank you for joining us for another insightful episode of Work Therapy. We hope that you found wisdom, renewal, and inspiration you were looking for. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Your feedback helps other people get the therapy they need. Wink. Uh, We'd love to hear more from you. So please share your work stories, questions, and ideas with us on social media. And we also have a link to the type form in our show notes for you to submit your questions simply. And we will see you next week.